0: But first, coffee. Is that Gary? What is he mowing with? Wait, that's a Skag Tiger Cat 2 zero-turn mower. That unmistakable cat's eye gold color, durable tubular steel frame that can stand up to the toughest conditions, comfy thick cushion suspension seat, powerful engine, heavy-duty
1: cutter deck. Hot, 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 hot! hot.
0: The moment you know you want a Skag. Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best.
2: Good evening. Welcome one and all to The X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell and for the next four hours, I'm your host. I'm your guide as together we'll cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call The X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And The X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on The X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, exone TV.com on all social media sites, exone Radio TV. And if you would like to find out the programming we have available for you, 24-7, 365, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, just visit www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exone Nation, is author and paranormal investigator, researcher, Guy McCourt. He is of Irish descent, and comes from a blue collar family. Now, after a childhood near death experience, his paranormal journey began. Yeah, he grew up in a haunted house that has been in his family for three generations and now helps families dealing with paranormal activity. In college, Gary majored in electronics and robotics, but instead he began studying psychology and parapsychology in search to make sense of what he was experiencing. He eventually quit college to research the paranormal full time. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Gary, all you need to do is check out his Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles. Joining me now is Gary McCourt. And Gary, welcome to the X-Zone.
3: Hey, how you doing, Rob?
2: I'm doing very well. So tell us about the experience. Uh, first of all, your, your near-death experience.
3: Well, I was a very sick child, mm-hmm. and um, I had uh, bad pituitary issues. Oh, gosh. And... And I was going into the crisis mm-hmm. from high fevers, and I died right there in the hospital. And I had like an out-of-the-body experience. I remember seeing my mom and dad holding each other. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing the doctors working on me the whole nine yards. Right. And I remember looking over at the thing going to be, and I was just like, what is going on? Then the next thing I know, I'm just slammed right back into my body, and I'm waking up.
2: Now, how old were you, Gary?
3: I was around eight.
2: And how did your life change after that near-death experience?
3: Well, I was started to be tormented by something that was in this house. Tell us more about that. Well, it started... Not long after the hospital incident, I was mm-hmm. home and everything was fine. Right. And then one night, i in my bedroom, and I hear this weird noise. And I'm like, what is that noise? It sounds like something chawling on something in the corner. Right. And I and I look up, and I look over, and as my eyes adjust to the darkness, I see something hunkering down over in the corner, looking, I don't even know what, how to explain it. Mm-hmm. And it looked back at me and just, disappeared. And I'm like, okay, I was dreaming, you know, (laughs) thinking I was just dreaming or something. And then day by day, it just started getting worse and worse. It started taking my blankets in the middle of the night. I would wake up, no blankets. And I'm like, where's my blanket? Mm -hmm. So I would just walk out here to the other bedroom where I knew there was a blanket on the bottom of the bed and grab it and go lay down and wake up, and I'd have my own blanket when I'd wake up.
2: Now, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary.
3: And little by little, it just started progressively getting worse.
2: Now, the house that you were living in at the time, had it been known to be haunted? Yes. And how did the... The events that were happening to you, the middle of the night, the blankets, and the other paranormal phenomenon that you were experiencing, was it the same experience that others had had in that house, that haunted house, or were these experiences new?
3: Well, they was new to me. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was a young kid, and they they wasn't telling me everything. I see. You know, this whole house, this whole thing, and the research, it's all come together like a puzzle with Never been anything linear, right? And it wasn't until I was older that they told me that this house has had activity for a long time.
2: How did you feel when you found out that the house had had paranormal activity for a long time, and that what you were experiencing was actually part of what the house was known about?
3: Well, I was kind of, i was a little mad, actually. Sure. <laughs> Because, you know, I kept saying there's something bothering me, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts, you're okay, you're just scared of the dark, you know, you're a young kid.
1: Yeah.
3: The usual usual repertoire of somebody that's seeing something in the dark. And it just, yeah, it kind of made me mad, because when I got older and they started telling me that, well, your dad experienced things. When Grandma went into the house, there was problems, and we experienced things. And I'm like, you know, why did you guys not say something?
2: Do you think they were trying to protect you, Gary?
3: Absolutely. I think that's what it was. I think that my dad realized he yeah. already had enough problems that he didn't want to weigh me down with, with that.
2: How have you coped well, since then? I'm sorry. You were going to you were going to say something, so please continue that thought, Gary.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. My name's actually Guy.
2: Guy, the I'm Gary. S- thing. Yeah,
3: it's actually it was actually an accident because I filled out my email on my phone and it autocorrected.
2: I see. I <laughs> see. Okay. So that, that that's because when you said that, I'm looking at the email address and it's Gary McCord, but I actually yeah. So anyway, all right. I, I'm going to call you, Guy. I'm sorry about that, Guy.
3: That's understandable. It's understandable. I've been trying to fix it. And I just I, I don't know how. <laughs>
2: now you see, if you would have continued taking electronics in school, you'd know how.
3: <laughs> well, see exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, okay, guy. So you
3: you
2: you had this new-death experience when you were a kid. Thank God, you were, you know you, you were able to to get you know to, to win that battle. You come home. Yeah. To a house that is haunted, that you don't know is haunted, you have this, these paranormal experiences, and you learn later on in life that well, yeah, the house is haunted. We knew that things happened to your dad, things happened to your grandmother, and understandably, you would you know you'd feel a little ticked off, but understanding because you're a compassionate person, you and and I'm a dad, and I'd kind of, I kind of understand what they were doing to protect you. Um, right. Did that change any of the paranormal activity that was happening once you once you were told the truth about the house and the activity that had been going on in the house before?
3: No, actually it really it didn't. The only thing it did was verified that uh, well what we were experiencing mm-hmm. was not some sort of mental infliction or you know, hallucination. Yeah. And it stayed pretty present for a long time as a paranormal when my dad died oh okay
2: what happened when your dad died
3: well when my dad died i inherited the house Mm -hmm. and um there was this basement compartment and he would never let us down there and we decided to tear it down one day. I was like, well, let's see what's in there. It's taking yeah. up an awful lot of room in the basement. Let's see if we can make some more room. Sure. And, or maybe, hey, something's buried back there. Who knows? So we start digging it. We bust out the block wall and start digging it out. Well, in the block wall, we find a, a jar with a letter in it. And it's from 1942. It said, win the war, right on the envelope, right on the stamp. And it was a letter to an Eva Roby, and it was like a kind of jealous love letter, and it was not signed by anybody. And we thought that was weird, but we kept on digging, and we ended up finding clothes with, like, bones in them. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, at the first, my first thought was, okay, this must be animal, Mm -hmm. you know? And that, and that later that evening, it was getting close to right around, I'm thinking Thanksgiving and we were having a get together at the house that night. So I was like, well, let's just leave this till I can figure out what to do with it. You know, call the right person, to see what to do. And that night, oh oh boy. Really? Yeah.
2: So we can we see. started getting. We can say that all hell broke loose, and I've got to cut you off here, my friend, because I've got to take my first break. Wow, what a story. Can't wait to get back. Exonation Nation, Guy McCourt is our special guest this hour. To find out more about Guy, visit his Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles. Shivers. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue. Here in the exo from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. By the way, the June-July edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper will be available by, let me see, they're telling me June the 10th at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I've seen a couple of the articles, they are great. There's a great article about the Knights Templar. And I'm telling you, I learned quite a bit just from reading it. We'll be back on the other side of this break with, with our guest Guy McCourt. Don't go away.
0: Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
1: We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Before we get back to our guest this hour who is telling us a, a true story, and this is what makes it so uncanny, is it's a true story. It's not something that you're seeing on TV or one of these so-called reality TV shows, but it's it's real. And I've often said that fact is stranger than fiction, and this is one of the cases. But before we get back to Guy and his story, I'd just like to remind everyone that you can watch the Exxon TV channel exclusively on SimulTV at www.simultv.com. All right, guy, I'm telling you this this story. Okay, now when we left, when we last left off, you and some other people knocked down a cinder block wall in the basement, and in that area, you found what you thought at first were animal remains. Later that, yes. night, later that night, you had an event, or later that in the next couple of days, there was an event, and I, I kind of said, all hell broke loose. Take it from there, my friend.
3: Actually, that's kind of funny that you mentioned that, because that's the name of the chapter in my book, the fourth chapter where it talks about that, is all hell breaks loose. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of funny that you say that. Um. What's well? We were having a get together mm-hmm. for a holiday, and we're hanging out, and we're just hanging out. And all of a sudden, it just sounds like the TV upstairs comes on full blast. And you know, it was an old floor model TV, no cable, seven and nine. Right. Uh, just the antenna. With old six by nine screen. Nothing special. We just it was old, and we just kept it up there. Yeah. And and I'm like. I didn't even think that TV works, you know? And we're sitting there talking and thinking, man, that TV don't even work. And it sounds like a telephone ringing, like a 1940s telephone ringing. Ring, ring. Like, Hello? Hello? Who is this? And it sounds like a an older woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and it goes back to the phone ringing. Hello? Hello? And it's echoing through the whole house. And by that time, it starts flipping around, and it sounds like it's scanning radio stations, actually, is what's funny. It sounds like it's scanning radio gotcha. stations. And it starts talking about a preacher, like talking about messing with the dead. And I'm like, oh, what is going on? And people were frantic that was there. And then there was a baby that was upstairs sleeping. He was two years old at the time. And we were scared. We was were like, hey, somebody's to get that baby, you know. So we start going up the steps. Mm-hmm. Well, first, my cousin and my friend try to go up to get him first. They get halfway up the steps, and all of a sudden, in the deepest, darkest voice that you can muster in your imagination, sit, like, stay the F out of there. Like, it just screamed, and it echoed through the whole house. And next thing I know, there's people running out the door, people pushing each other to get out of the way through the kitchen. <laughs> so we go upstairs and get get the kid... And we come back downstairs, and I look over, and I see my basement door open. And there was that pair of pants that's on the top stoop of the basement steps. And I immediately look to the friends and family that's in there, and I'm like, man, did you guys go downstairs and grab them? And they're, like, shaking their heads, like, no, God, we haven't moved. And I'm like, somebody grabbed those pants and brought them up there. And when they looked and seen that, they did, like, pretty much everybody else that was here left. And it freaked them out really bad. I didn't hear from them for a long time after that.
2: So what happened? What happened next?
3: Well, the next day, we started seeing stuff moving across the floor on its own accord. Uh, like a little matchbox moving across the floor. shoe kept coming out in the middle of the floor and we kept moving it back and it kept ending up out in the middle of the floor. Mm -hmm. We kept hearing noises. Uh, It sounded like somebody running around up up here and the chandelier light was shaking. and (coughs) And so I ended up calling my mom, which she didn't live here. And as I found out older, she experienced things too. And it was one of the reasons why she left my dad. And she had, you know, she'd, started telling me some stories of what happened to her when she lived here. So she come down and she called a friend of hers. That was a, uh, oh uh, part time sheriff. Okay. And he comes by and he looks at him and he's just like, uh, I really don't know what these are. And I'm like, okay. I was like, well, what should I do? And I told him the truth. I told him the whole story. I was like, there's, something going on, and I said, and it's that. And he's in the basement, and all of a sudden we hear boom, 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 like something running down the steps. He's like, who's that? And I'm like, you tell me, there's nobody here but me and you. <laughs> and he kind of has a wild look on his face, and he's like, um, if I was you, I'd just cover it all right back up and forget about it. And I'm like, and so that's what we did. We covered it right back up and put the block back up, and I kept the jar. I still have the jar to this day.
2: Um, <clears throat> so, so what happened once you put the remains in the clothes back into the basement and you sealed it up?
3: It still continued. Really, it still continued to happen. Yes.
2: Can yeah. I can I ask you a question, Gary? And I hope you don't take this the wrong way, my friend. But why did you stay there, no. man? I would have had a for sale sign on that front lawn.
3: Woohoo! You know, I ask myself that every day. I I really don't know. Yeah, but I, do you, do you fear anything you know. while you're
2: in the house? Do I what? Are you afraid when you're in the house?
3: Um, I used to be. Yes. I uh, I've kind of uh, learned to uh, block it out. I guess you can say.
2: Does it still interact uh, with you when you have company in the house, or, or do you still have people come to the house?
3: Um, not hardly anymore. Nobody really stops by anymore because they, they all say the same thing. You come to my house, but I'm not coming to yours.
2: My goodness. You
3: know, and, and when people stop by, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, mostly when children or women
1: yeah. stop
3: by, it becomes active. Like, I don't think it likes women for some reason. And I I have a theory for that.
2: I'd love to hear it.
3: Well, again, this is like a puzzle coming together. Okay. I heard a story about a man that lived here and his name was Perkins. And he was he worked for the B and O Railroad and he sent home postcards to every town he sent he went to that he worked on. He was an axe man for the B and O Railroad. And he went out through Pennsylvania, Maryland, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up around in there working on the railroad. And he sent him postcards every time he stalked him. Well, something happened when he died years later. They found something on his property. Nobody ever really said what, but they found something on his property that pretty much sparked his family to start investigating his whereabouts. And they started investigating through the postcards. Mm-hmm. And they found out that every town that a postcard was sent home, on that exact same date, a young woman was murdered or disappeared. Oh, boy. Every single town. And each town connects the dots to the railroad. And years later, I did find out that they found human remains in the guy's basement, in a secret part of his basement. Well, I start doing research, and I come to find out, This Perkins guy did live here during that time, but I could not find nothing on a Perkins. You know, I researched everywhere. Right. Well, one day we're doing remodeling up here, and we're putting in a bathroom, and I rip up the floor to run the plumbing, and Mm -hmm. I see something, and I'm like, "What is that?" And I go pick it up, and it's a letter. It's a letter dated 1909 from the B and O Railroad to a W. H. Gibbs wondering why he will not take the supervisor position, saying how much easier he would have it, he wouldn't be on the road no longer. And I'm just like, W.H. Gibbs, 1909. I'm like, there was a W.H. Perkins that lived here. So thinking that he had an alias, I start researching W.H. Gibbs. And it comes to find out that W.H. Gibbs is a New England well-known serial murderer that women, that murdered women.
2: Now that's too much of a coincidence with everything that you've told us to be anything else but fully connected to the experiences and the activity that you're having in your home.
3: Yes. And I don't know if he killed somebody and buried him in the basement, mm-hmm. or if it's something completely unrelated. You know, because in 1909 the letter we found was from 1942 that would have been you know that's 30 years later Yep. wow
2: as a paranormal investigator how you know why do these events still continue in your in your home have you tried to have the house
3: exercised Yes, I have. And I wh- tried once.
2: And what happened?
3: Well, my mom was raised up around near Columbus, and mm-hmm. she was uh, went to a Catholic school, and she called a priest she knew, and he traveled down here, and he we met up one day, and I said, "I need my house needs a blessing," you know, and he was like, "Okay." Somehow, my mom talked him into it. And he
1: shows up. All right,
2: listen, we're going to have to have a bit of a cliffhanger here because I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. It's not that I want to, but we do have to take our news breaks in our breaks. so please stand by, Guy. Exonation. Okay. Uh, like I said, fact is stranger than fiction, and what you're hearing tonight is fact. Our guest this hour is Guy McCourt. To find out more about Guy, visit him on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching The Exxon Broadcast Network, www.exxon.com.
0: Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
2: Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the x radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guilda Wiaka? Exonation Nation, Guy McCord is our special guest. His uh, Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles. All right, when last we were speaking, before I had to take the news break, Guy, we were talking about your mom, who went to a Catholic school, was able to get a member of the clergy to come to your house. Tell us what happened.
3: Okay, well, he pulls in one day into the mm-hmm. driveway and you know, tells me who he was, and I invite him in, and he comes in, he has a his little briefcase, and yeah. he starts opening it and bringing out his stuff, and he's putting this thing on around him, and... All of a sudden, there it goes, it starts boom, 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 boom. Like that running like somebody running around upstairs. Mm -hmm. He's like, What was that? And I'm like I was like, Well, that's what you're here for and I'm (laughs) hoping you can tell me. (laughs) He kinda giggles a little bit and he thinks nothing of it. He he gets the water out, right? Cross out, Mm -hmm. his Bible out. He starts walking through the house. I just stay where where I'm at in the dining room and he gets back towards by the steps bathroom area, which where a lot of people had experiences there. He gets back to the back of those steps, and it sounds like a 60-pound bag of sand being thrown down the steps or something. That's the only way I can describe it, like a... Right. You know, and next thing I know, I see him turn around, and he comes right towards me. He walks right over to the table... He puts everything back in his little case, and he's like, I'm sorry, young man, but I cannot help you. And I'm like, and he goes out the door, and I follow him out the door, and I'm like, hey, hey, what's what's going on? You know, and he's like, he's like, "Uh, I'm sorry. He said, this is way out of my scope. I'm not prepared to deal with this. He said, "Um, I will have somebody that you can contact. I'm going to have them contact you. And he's like, I'm sorry, young man. I cannot help you. He said, but this is out of my range. Wow. And he pulls off and leaves. And I'm just dumbfounded. I'm like, wait, what? Exactly. You know, and I, and after a couple of seconds of sitting there thinking about it, mm-hmm. I, I call my mom. I'm like, Mom, the, the, the priest, like, got to the steps and left. You know? She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, something scared him. And she was like, oh, man. So she calls him, and he won't even answer the phone. <clears throat> she leaves a message and are yeah. not return her calls. A couple of days later, I get a phone call. And it's this woman named Kathy. And she's from the Pennsylvania area, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, I'm going to stop by. And she's like, I've got a phone call saying that you needed help, and I'm going to stop by and try to help you. I'm like, okay.
2: So this was the lady and, uh, that she was referred to you through the priest?
3: Through the priest. Okay, yep.
2: great. All right.
3: And she um, she told me that she was a I don't like a medium, but a a religious medium, I guess you could say. You know, someone that she mm-hmm. believed in the Catholic Church or right. whatever. <laughs> so she comes in, and she walks into the house. And as soon as she gets into the house, she's like, "Oh my." Oh, my, my, my. And I'm like, what? And she's like, she just, like, starts shaking her head, and she kind of puts her head down and looks at me, and she's like, how long have you lived here? And I said, my whole life. And she's like, she's like, has anybody else experienced this? And I said, yeah, my whole family, friends. I said, it's, you know, I said, probably at least at that point, there was probably up to 75 people that experienced stuff here. And she's just like, she starts walking through the house. She... Gets to the bottom of the steps and she puts her head down and I see a tear drop, roll out of her eye and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, she's like a little boy lost his life right here. And I'm like, what? And she's like a little boy lost his life right here. He fell down the steps. And I'm like, what do you mean? Fell down the steps? And she's like, well, he was pushed. Oh my God. Okay. So the, the realization of this sound that we've been hearing for years every yeah. once in a while sound like something falling down the steps is a replay of that event. And I'm just like, oh, man. And we go upstairs, and there's a walk-in closet. And she looks over there, and she's like, a man died a, a ghastly death in that closet. And she had no idea that what was told to my grandma when she bought this place that the guy that owned this place that she bought it from died in the closet. She had no idea that. And then she goes through the house and tells me that maybe there's been up to eight people that's died here.
2: Holy cow.
3: From children to a woman and two kids to multiple women and maybe even the guy that died of the heart attack and, and another guy before him. Maybe the guy that built the house or first lived here, she thought. It's just wow. Would
2: she be able, <laughs> was she able? Was she able? Was she able to clear the spirit for you?
3: Yeah, she was. She did do a cleansing. Mm-hmm. A uh, she she used sage and other right. techniques and prayers and and it did seem like it helped for a while. Like the house seemed lighter. It didn't seem so dreadful or heavy. Right. It didn't feel so oppressive. it still seems a little sad in here, but it still just seems lighter.
2: I would imagine, uh, I would imagine that the experiences that you've had throughout your life gives you a rather unique, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, rather unique um, way of dealing with paranormal situations and the people who who have the paranormal experiences because you yourself have had so many where a lot of paranormal investigators that are out there have never had a true paranormal experience or had the had the life that you've had.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it's a lot. It's a lot to talk about it, you know, because people don't look at you the same afterwards. I mean, yeah, it's a lot more mainstream now than it was yeah. growing up through it. But still, even still, you have those ones that don't ever look at you the same. They're just like, you get the old eye roll, you know, and it, it was hard. It was hard dealing with it. I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And for the truth, I tried to run away from it for the longest time. How
2: do you feel about it now, Gary?
3: Um, I, I don't let it bother me. I know it exists. I know it's real, Mm -hmm. but I don't fear, I try not to fear, Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes things happen, and I do get a jolt, and I do get scared sometimes, I'm not going to lie. You're human. But, you're right, but for the most part, I try not to feed in it too much here. Now, sometimes I might do an investigation here to show people, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, (laughs) I just know that it's real. And I know that it's probably somebody that needs needs my help of some sort. I don't know. Maybe they just feel that they can't move on because there's something connecting them to this house or or to their life. And I just I deal with it. And even my fiancé, she deals with it too. You know, stuff happens to her.
2: Wow. The fact that you've gone through all this and that the the entity, and I'm not being disrespectful here, the entity that, that resides with you and uh, and your fiancé, do you think that it's come to the point where it is a symbiotic relationship between the living and the dead?
3: You no, know, I'm not sure. I've never thought of that. Hmm. But I think it would have to be a symbiotic relationship of some sort. Yeah. Because I think they need energy to manifest... And I think that's what they do. They draw our energy to manifest. And I think they, do, they can, some of them that's really powerful, can cause illnesses and stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised that if my original illnesses wasn't maybe caused from some sort of activity that was here, that was trying to draw.
2: I'm, I'm also wondering if the fact that you have gone through so much in your life, in that house with the paranormal activity that is there that there has been kind of a Stockholm Syndrome uh, relationship that has formed between you and the entity as well. It feels comfortable being there because it knows that you know and you know that it knows.
3: Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of funny because I've left I've tried to move out before, mm-hmm. and I've tried to leave and move to other areas, and I always end up getting super, super sick to where I have to come home to see my doctor, who was a specialist in uh, endocrinology. Right. Very, very famous doctor, and I always have to come back to him because I'd get so sick, there was nothing else I could do.
2: When you leave the house, let's say you and, and your fiancé go away for a week or two, do do you, does the entity follow you? Does it attach itself yeah. to you? Yeah. So you're never alone? No. You never get any peace I mean, of mind?
3: I'm sorry, what was that, bud?
2: I, I said you never get any peace of mind.
3: No. Uh, no. No, but I always try to put it to the back of my mind. Right. But sometimes when I'm driving in my car at night
1: Mm -hmm. and
3: I I get that cold feeling and I look in my rearview mirror and I can just tell there's somebody in the back seat, I just turn on the radio, I flip up the mirror so I can't see and I just keep driving and not thinking about it, you know, and it's like, I know it's there and I just try to avoid it if I
2: can. Gary, stand by. We've got to take our final break and when we come back, we're going to be wrapping up this hour with our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation, Guy McCourt. I called him Gary again, but it's Guy McCourt and if you'd like to find out more about Guy, visit his Facebook page, Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles and we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com.
1: The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion, a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication, bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com.
2: Guy McCord is my special guest the Sawrix Nation uh, to find out more about Guy visit his Facebook page at uh, Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles. First of all Guy as I told you during the commercial break thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing the story with us and um, how has this this event how has this impacted your work as a paranormal investigator as well as an author
3: Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. Um <clears throat> I think the fact that as an paranormal investigator,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I know what's out there and what's real. So I listen to people with a with a sympathetic ear. Yeah. And try to help them as much as I can and do whatever I can. And even if that means calling in somebody else that has uh, more credentials than I do, then I'm never opposed to that because I do whatever I can to try to help them because I've been there and I understand that feeling.
2: As a paranormal investigator, what has been your most perplexing investigation that you worked on?
3: I would have to say the Mediterranean building, an empty building that's been empty for 20 years. It was a restaurant, probably a mafia-owned restaurant in the 80s that closed shortly after it was open. And we was in this building, and it was dark, and we used a spirit box portal to talk to him, and we was getting this dark entity coming through. And it kept saying stuff like it was the devil, and it kept saying stuff that we was going to go to hell for doing this and stuff. And it was really, really trying to intimidate us. Right. And I could feel it moving all around us, whatever it was. I mean, I'm not going to say it was the devil. or I'm not going to say what it was. Cause really, I don't know. All I know is that it was a negative being of some sort. So we start walking around, taking full spectrum pictures mm-hmm. and we have a flashlight in our hand. And as we, scan the one wall with a flashlight, I see this thing with horns. And I'm like, Oh my lordy, i just seen something with horns on the wall or just, you know, and it wasn't a shadow, it was a full fledged figure. It was dark, it was completely black, and it had two big crooked horns coming out of its head. Well, when we later upload the pictures from the camera, mm-hmm. I caught it on camera. It was on camera. I mean, it was right there. There was a dark spot, and you could see the horn sticking up out of its head the whole nine yards. <laughs> but I think the best evidence I ever captured was in our basement. And it's on YouTube under uh, the Valley of, Valley of Darkness chronicles. And uh, we caught a full-fledged apparition in my basement on accident.
2: On accident, by accident? Uh, how how did that happen?
3: Well, I was uh, writing my book, mm-hmm. and I was getting everybody that experienced stuff here to give me an interview on camera so I right. could use it for the book. Yep. And we go into the basement, and he starts telling his story of when we was tearing that block wall out and what we found and all that. And as he's telling the story, you'll see something manifest behind him, and he freezes up. He starts like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And all of a sudden, he's like, is your cat down here? And I'm like, no, my cat's not down here. Why? He's like, because I felt, and as soon as he said, I felt it, I seen it full view in the camera view. And it was a full body apparition. It looked like a woman. And I start screaming. I'm like, oh, it's right behind you right now. We captured it on film. I still think to this day, it's probably some of the best evidence of a full fledged apparition. And it's very perplexing, because if you see it and you watch mm-hmm. it, it's hard, it's hard to denounce, it's hard to deny, because
2: Seeing <laughs> it's as really, believing. really good evidence. Seeing is believing, right?
3: Right. Well, I guess. With some people, I yeah. guess. I know there's a lot of people that even see it and probably still say it don't exist.
2: If somebody is listening tonight, I, no, let me rephrase that. I know people are listening tonight. But if there's somebody out there tonight who is experiencing some negative paranormal activity in their home, and they've kept it inside of them for so long because they don't want to appear to 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 fall under the same category as many people who have paranormal Activity do. What is your advice to them as a person who's gone through this yourself and who's now a paranormal investigator and author? What is your advice to somebody who's having a paranormal experience that they don't know what well, to do and they don't know who to turn to?
3: At first, I would try to uh, figure out if it's um, a negative spirit, you know, by asking if they've been scratched, had poltergeist mm-hmm. activity. And then if that's the case, I'll take that route. But for the most part, I tell them, try not to egg it on. Don't use Ouija boards or anything. Don't try to contact them in any way. Don't egg them on and do whatever you can to try to protect yourself. You know, do not give them the power that they need to feed off of you in case they do try to attach to you
2: how 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 important is one's belief in in God in christ in 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 your religious faith when it comes to protecting yourself against the paranormal the the negativity that some paranormal cases bring
3: with them but well, that's a very good one too because a lot of people today don't believe in God yeah you know and At the same time, you know, look at the world. At the same time, a lot of people, it's hard to see God in today's world. And a lot of people don't believe in that. But at the same time, it's hard not to, because the Bible explains paranormal events. You know, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? But me, I try not to go into the religious of it because I, I don't want to try to push beliefs on the people.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: If somebody calls me and tells me that they're having troubles, I try to do what I can. If I feel that it's something, uh, you know, somebody that needs like they need a demonologist or something, and I know, I use that word lately because again, when you say demon, you're getting into the religion aspect of yes. the paranormal. Yeah. But something negative, non-human entity, which could be anything. It could be something conjured. It could be a djinn. It could be, it could be something that's considered a demon, but not necessarily demonic. <clears throat> again, I don't like to try to fall into those pitfalls of religion because, again, a lot of people, once you start talking religion, they look, they turn away from you because of their own beliefs. So with me, what I do is I try not even to touch on new subjects. I just try to find out what's going on, what's the culprit, what's the history, and then what's the best course of action that we can do from there to try to help them.
2: Guy, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, what are your final thoughts? What would what, what would you like to share with the Exxon Nation tonight?
3: I would like to share with people that... It's okay. It's okay if you're having paranormal issues. Don't worry about what people think of you. You know what you're going through. And you know how hard it is. And no matter what people say or think, please, don't egg it on. Don't feed into it and don't fear it because fearing it gives it power. (laughs) And try to do your best just to try to ignore it. And if it keeps on happening, contact somebody that can help you because it can drain you and it can oppress you. Whatever it is, it can oppress you and drain you and drain your energy.
2: <laughs> Where can people buy copies of your books, guy?
3: They're available at Amazon and the name of the book is called the darkness on church street.
2: Wow. Wow. Guy, all, all I can say is, uh, first of all, thank you f- again for coming on the show. And I admire your bravery. I admire your, your faith. And I admire the fact that you want to use your, the life that you've led to help other people. And when people help other people, to me, that is a sign of a good person. And sure, my hat is off to you. Thank you. Let our listeners know one more time your Facebook website and how they can find out more about you, my man.
3: Facebook website is the Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles, and again, my book can be is available at Amazon. Just search for the Darkness on Church Street by G.R. McCord or Guy McCord; it'll pop up under either one, or even Google it. It should pop up under Google.
2: Guy, take care of yourself. Don't be a stranger. Let us know if anything new pops up and we'll get you back on the show. But thanks for being there for yeah. all of those who who need help and inspiration and guidance. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Good night,
3: Guy. Good night.
2: Exo Nation, Guy McCourt has been my guest this hour. www.facebook.com forward slash Valley of Darkness Paranormal Chronicles and I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour. No, we are wrapping up this hour here in the X-Zone. I'll be back at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Whatever you do, don't go away.